you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. It's my turn. Here is your host for my turn, Don Wildman. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. Some years ago, I made what was to me a startling discovery. I was reading about what happened on that Good Friday in Jerusalem nearly a couple of thousand years ago. I read again about how they hung that man among men on those two sticks of wood. I could feel the blows of the hammer as they drove the nails into his palms. I could feel the jar as the cross was dropped into its hole and came to rest with a terrific jolt. The flesh ripped and the blood spurted. You remember the rest of the events. You remember how the crowd jeered him, made fun of him, jokingly dared him to come down. It was a scene that has been repeated often in the history of mankind. Over and over again, that lowly Galilean has been nailed to those two pieces of wood. Many times we've stood around jeering him, making fun of his claims, slashing his side with our selfish spears. But you can remember also that the story didn't end on that dark day. Finding an unused tomb in a garden nearby, they laid him in it. And then, because the next day was an especially holy one, hardly anyone moved. But Saturday is always followed by Sunday. And on Sunday, those who loved him found what all who have loved him since have found, an empty tomb. I said I made what was to me a startling discovery. I had thought of that cross and that empty tomb as the most dynamic events in history. I had always considered these as the top jewels to place on a crown of greatness. But now I see that they weren't the greatest part of his faith. Now I can see that for years my sight just did not go far enough to find the most tremendous event in the history of mankind. Now I can see what the greatest part of this carpenter's faith is, and it's amazing. He entrusted the work of his church to those 11 men, those disciples who had just prior to the resurrection betrayed him. That, without a doubt, is the grandest thing about him, that he trusted common people with the responsibility of his church. Can we see that? Can we understand what it means that he should give the greatest responsibility ever known to mankind to those 11 men? That is, without question, the highest sign of his love and his trust in mankind. He entrusted his kingdom not to the high and mighty, to the great and gallant, to the brave and brilliant, but to common people. And he goes on entrusting his church to common, plain, ordinary folk. 
how great his trust in us, that he should give to plain folk the tremendous privilege of carrying on his work, speaks of his great trust in the common person. No one would have dared to trust those 11 men with such a great responsibility except the Nazarene. No one else had such a trust in common folk like you and me. So the next time you're inclined to lose hope in mankind, give it a thought. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. It's Spring share 2021 on American Family Radio. He gone, he lost his brain He too zealous, he just trying to go against the grain He got his whole life ahead of him, so this is strange But they don't get that getting other shit just isn't game And marriage isn't pain, in fact it's love and joy Guys plan for man and woman, they want to destroy By acting like it's prison, avoid it cause it's hard Look honestly, if it don't hurt then you ain't loving hard Look at Jesus on the cross, he got a ton of scars Laid his life down for his bread, cause his love is large My Lord, he set the bar high, and I'm falling short But I'll be standing with my Savior when I'm called in court So please forgive me, baby, when I don't love you right You're so patient with me, girl, cause he's in your sights So let's take on the world, let's love him hand to hand Bye-bye to boyish ways, hello to family, man You'll always be my Here sitting in for Will and Miki. Good afternoon. Sorry I'm a minute late. Just got off a plane. Got back to North Carolina after speaking at a baccalaureate service in Texas. So glad to be with you. So honored to be on for Will and Miki. And uh, the number is 888-589-8840. Why is socialism popular among not just the young, we, we know you've probably heard legions of stories about how millennials and younger are enamored with socialism, but why the academics? Why the people that are intelligent, the educators? Why do the upper, really ivory tower elites find socialism so appealing? Uh, we'll talk about that. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And the number is 888-589-8840. But I'm going to give, give you, in the context of this show, 10 lies about socialism that really need to be exposed. My name is Alex McFarland. Big fans of Will and Mickey Addison and airing the Addisons and big fans of you, the listener. I appreciate you listening. And I'm honored to sit in for Will and Mickey today. Like I said, I was in Texas yesterday, uh, outside of Dallas, the city of Canton, Texas, and we had a baccalaureate service, and there were, uh, in that particular school system, uh, a couple of hundred graduates, and they were there last night. We got to bless them and pray over them, got to share the gospel with them, and I had the privilege of speaking and telling them some things about, well, really about God and country that I felt like they needed to hear, and so hopefully we can um, inspire them to stand for truth and to, to really realize what we have here in America and how blessed we are here in the United States of America to have the freedom, the prosperity, the stability, the opportunities. 
we have. There's a quote I love. Benjamin Franklin said, Everybody loves the fruits of freedom, but few people are willing to tend the tree that bears the fruits. Now, we oftentimes have uh, people in the news that are the the elites, the, the intelligentsia, and they talk about the glories of socialism and just how uh, if the rich wouldn't hoard the money, everybody would have enough. Well, I want to talk about some of those, and I want to, like I say in this program, expose some of the lies about socialism. Margaret Thatcher, very famously back in the uh, 80s, the Iron Lady, Prime Minister of Britain, great friend of this country, and really a working partner in freedom with our president, then Ronald Reagan. Um, And Margaret Thatcher would frequently say, socialism is great till you run out of other people's money. You know, by the way, I was reading an article this morning on one of the websites, a more secular website, about Reagan. Now, if you're old enough to remember the Reagan years and what they call the the Reagan Revolution, I remember how the economy improved. I remember... I remember how interest rates went down. My sister, who's older than me, had uh, gotten married, bought a house, got a 12.5% interest rate on their first house, and they were, they were thrilled. And then, by the middle 80s, interest rates were down to like 5 and 6%, where people could, could afford to put a roof over their head because the economy was improving. And uh, I remember how I went to a concert, there was this I'm ashamed to tell you I went to hear this rock and roller, Jackson Brown. Some of you remember Jackson Brown. And uh, he was he went off and spent 30 minutes of his concert ranting against Ronald Reagan and what he called trickle-down economics, which it really was because the old saying, John Maynard Keynes, the economist, said a rising tide lifts all boats, which is true. When the economy improves, it benefits everybody. Uh, but isn't it funny? Now listen, the academics in the ivory tower, many of whom have never worked a private sector job, and then the Hollywood elites who have millions of dollars, and they've made it through a free market economy, capitalism, that enables them to pursue what they wanted to do, the arts. Um, it, it's not the working people that have to get up, go to a job, put food on the table, pay the bills, It's not the small business owner that has to make a payroll, and they've put everything on the line and sacrificed to start a business. It's not people who live in the real world where you have to have money in the bank in order to pay the bills. And if you want to to achieve things, you've got to work. It's not those people that support socialism and government control of the economy. It's, it's always the people that really don't participate in the natural workings of the economy. The, the academics live in a little bit of a fantasy world. The Hollywood liberals definitely live in a fantasy world. And they don't really understand what they're doing when they make these great pontifications about the economy. But I want to give you a little insight before I talk about the 10 lies of socialism that we're going to expose in this hour. And I want to hear from you if you'd like to chime in on the conversation. It's 888-589-8840. 30 years ago, William F. Buckley, how many remember? I wish we could raise hands and look around the room. How many remember the show Firing Line? Do you remember that show? William F. Buckley was a brilliant thinker 
articulate communicator. Um, he used to be called the father of modern conservatism because he, he wrote a number of books in the late 50s, early 60s that really did pave the way for not only the Reagan Revolution, and although he lost in 1964 Barry Goldwater, do you remember what his slogan was? Some of you, I'm, I'm showing my age, and I was just a newborn then, but I've studied it. Do you remember what Barry Goldwater's slogan was? In your heart, you know he's right. Okay? Well, William F. Buckley was really almost like a precursor to Rush Limbaugh. Back in the 60s, Firing Line was on from 66 to 96. It was on for 30 years. And he interviewed people. He would really spar with people. The, the pagan homosexual activist Gore Vidal, uh, filmmaker and uh, some would say artist. I don't know that I would say what Gore Vidal created was art. But he and William F. Buckley famously had heated debates. But William F. Buckley did a show in the early 90s. And the topic of the week, the theme de jour, was why are intellectuals so dumb? D-U-M-B. Why are our intellectuals so dumb? And what was the evidence that they were dumb? Well, uh, Buckley unpacked the fact that our PhDs in our universities that are intellectual, they've spent years in the classroom researching, writing, and yet invariably it seems like the PhDs, unless they have really grounded convictions that they live by, they will drift, and they will drift to anti-Americanism. They will become enamored with socialist, Marxist, even communist countries. They become moral libertines. And they begin to believe that there are really no moral boundaries. We can do whatever we want. Any sort of sexual deviancy is okay. And William F. Buckley, he had some people on and they unpacked. It's on, it's on YouTube. You can watch it. It's really good. Why are our intellectuals so dumb? He asked the question, in the land of the free where they can get Ivy League educations, why, now listen carefully, we're going to take a break, we're going to come back, we're going to unpack 10 lies about socialism. Why do the intellectuals end up attacking and harming the free America that gave them the right to go to school, get a degree, and become wealthy, prosperous spouting worldviews very contrary to the America that birthed him. It really is a case of the baby killing the mother. And so we're going to talk about this and more and talk about that rock of truth, convictions about what we know is right, how to stand on them, sustain them, even defend them and promote them. This is Airing the Addisons with Alex McFarland sitting in for Will and Miki. From the Pacific Justice Institute, this is The Legal Edge, defending your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. Here's Brad Davis. PJI has been a national leader in representing churches all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, while at the same time guiding countless churches through the worst of the pandemic restrictions. Well, right now, PJI is taking the case of New Harvest Church in Salinas, California, to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. When the church expanded to a bigger building across the street in downtown Salinas, the city blocked church activities, citing its plans for a, quote, fun downtown atmosphere. Well, a decision in favor of New Harvest Church and supporting religious liberty could benefit churches for years to come. 
Learn more about our ministry and get exclusive email updates by registering for The Legal Insider at pji.org. Remember the website, pji.org. When this mom ended a bad relationship, she found out she was pregnant. After the father told her to get an abortion, Julia was confused and didn't know what to do or who to talk to. I just knew that if I got an abortion, a part of me would be broken. Julia was referred to a preborn center where she was counseled and supported with the strength she needed to choose life. I couldn't imagine my life without him. Because of them, he's here. We're gonna get through it and it's gonna be okay. Preborn centers provide hope, love, free ultrasounds, and the gospel in action to moms like Julia. To find out more about the ministry of Preborn, visit them online at preborn.com. Again, that's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Your love can save a life. I'm Peter Rosenberger, and this is your Caregiver Minute. Trying to predict the behaviors or words of others can launch us into action before events unfold. A recent martial arts sparring match drove this point home in an uncomfortable way for me. Feeling certain my opponent would throw a punch, I fixated on his shoulder and mentally prepared my move. He surprised me with a roundhouse kick to the chest. Well, the discomfort felt on the mat pales to my embarrassment over the same type of behavior as a caregiver. I've lost count of how many times I've jumped the gun to quell something before it started, only to get it wrong and, sadly, worsen the situation. Waiting to see how events unfold allows time to respond rather than mistakenly anticipate a possible outcome. In martial arts, that principle saves wear and tear on my body. As a caregiver, it saves wear and tear on my heart. This has been your Caregiver Minute with Peter Rosenberger, brought to you by Standing with Hope, a ministry for the wounded and those who care for them. There's more information at standingwithhope.com. Welcome back to Hearing the Addisons. Alex McFarland sitting in for Will and Mickey. And we're going to take calls. I want to hear what you're thinking about. Why are people here in America, where we've created wealth, where people have been able to work hard and start businesses, and uh, somebody might be born into poverty, but by their adulthood, they can be doing well, prospering, maybe even becoming wealthy. And you know, you think about how America has been able to fund the Great Commission and benevolence and um, overtly Christian work and missions that is funded. But not only that, just general um, the betterment of the human condition, building schools around the world, hospitals, things like that. You don't get you don't get the wealth whereby you can engage in philanthropy and benevolence. You don't get that from a socialist economy. I just want to go I'm only breathing your Father, hear my prayer Take me there Take me there And he's saying I just want to see you Father, that I'm used 
me, have you ever seen her? She's sick with a disease and is really trying to beat her. It's taking all her strength, she knows that it can't defeat her. Cause she gon' be with Jesus, she's more than just a dreamer. Her peace and her joy, man, they really ain't gone. It's all because she knows Earth really ain't home. And even when she's by herself, she's really not alone. Her Savior's there with her while she's singing this song. She knows sickness might get her and death might grab her. But she ain't scared of death cause she trusted in the master. Was buried, but he rose up a few days after. So death may attack her, but death cannot have her. So she tells her family, don't worry anymore. When she's gone from the body, she'll be present with the Lord. Her body will be raised, so much glory is in store. He is her reward, so she sings. I just wanna go. I wanna go. When I be with my Lord and everything is okay And I be just like him so my sin ain't in the way Basking in his glory, that's where I wanna stay A place where shadows give way to the real And circumstances can't change the way that I feel Joy of my savior that Satan can't steal Because he's been defeated, yeah you know the deal The real good life I can't wait, please save me soon. Until then, I'll be praising in the waiting room. Fighting by his grace, can't wait to embrace the groom. Until then, I'm like, I just wanna go. His love is large My Lord, he set the bar high And I'm falling short But I'll be standing with my Savior When I'm called in court So please forgive me, baby When I don't love you, pray You're so patient with me, girl Cause he's in your sights So let's take on the world Let's love him hand to hand Bye bye the boyish ways Hello to family, man You'll always be Welcome back to Airing the Addisons. Apologize, we had a little bit of audio issues, and uh, we got that worked out because we have the best engineers in the business, the best people on the board making it work, and you listening, and I appreciate that. I'm going to give the number, 888-589-8840. Very honored to sit in for Will and Miki. I'm talking about the, the lies of socialism. While we've got really good audio, I want to give... Ten lies about socialism that need to be exposed. Okay, here they are, and I'm, I'm going to unpack these. Number one, socialism is compassionate. It helps people. That's false. 
That's a lie. Lie number two, socialism is taught in the Bible. The early Christians were socialist. False, they were not. Lie number three, socialism empowers the citizens. No, no, it doesn't. Lie number four, socialism, now listen to this. Lie number four, socialism hasn't been tried in the U.S. before. Given the chance, the American people would grow to like this system. False, false. Okay, lie number four. Five, socialism will put money in people's pockets. We're going to really unpack that in a moment. Lie number six, Christians should be okay with socialism because it is just and fair. No. Lie number seven, socialism works successfully in other countries. That I mean, even anybody moderately familiar with the subject should know that isn't true. Lie number eight, socialism can coexist with Christianity. Lie number nine, socialism is affordable. Our economy can handle this. And lie number 10, of 10 lies that need to be exposed about socialism. Lie number 10, socialism is necessary because the rich have created poverty by hoarding all the money. Now, I'm going to come back and unpack these, but I want to Pick up on my thought about William F. Buckley, what he said in his show 30 years ago. He asked the question, why are the intellectuals so dumb? And he and he had a lot of people on there, and he basically said, look, in academia, let's say people become a professor, they finish their Ph.D. Now, not all. The, what I'm about to say is not all the case, because I know Christians that are teachers, professors, they know their convictions— and they act on them. So forgive me if I sound like I'm painting with too broad of a brush. But as a rule, and this is certainly the case in secular and state universities, many Christian universities, listen, moms and dads, is very sad. You, you think you're sending your son and daughter to a Christian college. You need to ask this college before your child spends four years, and in tuition you spend $100,000, you need to ask them, are the kids going to be taught that America began in 1619 or 1776? Okay, ask them, what are they going to be taught about creation? About uh, Do you believe God really created in six days? Ask the, the college, the professors, are your kids going to be taught delusional, foolhardy lies about gender? Are your kids going to be taught that America is good, America is unique, and America should be valued and cherished? Or are they going to be taught to hate America, groomed to be enamored with China, Venezuela, socialist countries? Because listen to this, mom and dad. It's spring. Kids are graduating. In 60, 70 days, they're going to be going away to college. You need to know, unless you send your kids to a solidly evangelical, godly university— they're going to get critical race theory. They're going to get this deconstruction of America. And so we need to be prepared, and we need to invest our money and the attention and the, the minds of our young people in places where they're going to know truth. Well, listen, I want to go to a call. And by the way, the number is 888 It's the American Family Radio Network. Stephen from Louisiana. Stephen, thanks for holding had a little bit of audio issues this day, but it's getting worked out. Are you there, Stephen? Yeah, I'm here with you, Alex. I appreciate you. And uh, 
appreciate the example you're setting with the peaceful spirit, man. That uh, that's uh, it's an example Praise for me to. Yeah, I thank God uh, because I have to adjust my uh, my ways, man. I'm more confrontational, and uh, I have to learn the better strategy when it comes down to uh, voicing my opinion. Well, my what I know is right, you know. I have to yeah. be better at it. I need to talk to people in a loving way. What I think, Alex, about uh, the intellect, the so-called uh, intellectuals uh, who are lacking in some areas knowledge-wise uh, and applied wisdom, as, and, as well as those people in the media, which includes the sports and I mean, everything on television and everybody who has, uh, you know, as a talking head, including the the, the, the politicians. And these will be, in my opinion, the first people that the, the, the communist uh, socialist system will take out. Uh, these people who have power right now and have influence, even though they're working towards the means of socialist agenda. Also, I think that uh, what has been prophesied, what God has already stated in the Bible, will come to pass. Uh, now, how fast oh, yes. it happens, and and what side we need to be on, all that is in the you know we need to definitely step up and and be uh, be good stewards, you know. But uh, man, Amen. Uh, God is is real, and uh, it's not good that we be uh, have a strong zeal for either the red team or the blue team, even though when I vote, and my opinions lie. I'm a conservative. I'm a man of color, originally from New Orleans. I'm in Port Barry now, Port Barry, Louisiana, and this is the country, and I love it. God bless uh, you. I don't want to take up too much time with a rant, but uh, God bless you, Alex, and may God strengthen you, and uh, hopefully you endure that rap music that's <laughs> in between the conversation. Well, you know, some of it is good. Some of it is good. Hey, I'll tell you, Lecrae. Are you familiar with the Christian rapper Lecrae? No, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a... Uh, I like uh, the late 50s, early 60s uh, R&B, and I like bluegrass. I like Celtic music. Oh, I man. like Cajun music, Zydeco. That's what I... You know, I'm jazz. I'm all how about how, how about Sam Cooke and the Soul Stirrers? you remember them? Yeah, yeah. There was a woman in the Bible dead. She had been sick for so very long. Remember that one? Just to touch the hem of his garment. I remember that That's song. Right. Yeah. God, Man, you're good. Stephen, you're man. a blessing. Yeah. You're a blessing. And you know what you've said? I was on a plane the other day, and I met, and I'm going to have him on Tuesday night, by the way. I'm going to be subbing for Abe Hamilton on the Hamilton Corner next Tuesday, May 25th. And I met a... Uh, very wonderful uh, black gentleman. Uh, he's an attorney, and he's head of the Republican Party in Forsyth County, which is where Winston-Salem is. And So I'm on a plane. How, how do you like this, Stephen? Um, Good-looking black gentleman, um, you know, clearly a professional man in a you know suit and had a briefcase. So I'm thinking, okay, he's either a doctor or an attorney or somebody. Uh, but he had on a Trump hat. And so yeah, I asked him, yeah. I said, hey, I'm just curious, you're a Trump supporter? He goes, you know it. 
I'm like, wow. So my wife and I had this wonderful conversation with him, and he said that he was head of the Republican Party. I said, I want to I want to pick your brain a little bit. But what we need, like yourself, like this attorney in Winston-Salem, we need people to think independently. And let me say this, folks. If, if you were taught in school that uh, Venezuela and Cuba and China and the socialist regimes have succeeded— uh, and if only America would try it. Bernie Sanders is right. If only we would try socialism, it would just be this panacea. Don't believe it. Folks, do the heavy lifting of study and looking at the facts. And uh, Stephen from Louisiana, thank you for listening. Thank you for your encouragement, and thank you for your stand for the truth. Hey, before we hit this next break, folks, you're listening to the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland sitting in for Will and Miki. Um, I want to go to West Virginia. Bill from West Virginia. Bill, are you there, my friend? Yes, I am, Alex. Thank you. I just want to. Hey, make thanks a, for holding. I uh, just want. Oh, thank you. Uh, I just want to make a quick comment about. You know, I, I learned something after I graduated high school. I graduated high school in 1963. And back in those days, that, I don't think there was a college in this country that would take me because of my reading and my history skills. I was good at maths and sciences. So I went to an electronic tech school for three years, and then I went into the Air Force. And I remember in that school, we had a professor come in. I failed one of the courses was uh, calculus for electronics. Just couldn't get it. So this older man came in, and he taught the course, and he said he looked at every one of us. There was about five of us that had to repeat it. And he said this. He said, how many people here know anything about calculus or what the word calculus even means? He says, well, none of us really know. Okay, we couldn't give him the definition. But he said, listen. Sure, sure. The word calculus scares you. So you, it sort of puts a mental block up. We're going to take that mental block down. And then we went through the whole, uh, how many weeks it was of the course, and we all passed. He said, now let me say one more other piece of advice to you people. When I've, I've had, had businesses and I've worked in the, in, in the industry for years, he says, and I would rather take somebody like all of you people in here that have to work for what you're getting because it, was, it didn't come easy. Because you know hey, what? Hey, hold that thought. Do, do me a favor, Bill. Hold that thought. We've got a brief break. And I want, I want you to finish your thought. Folks, the number is 888 589 on airing the Addisons. We're talking about socialism, the lies of socialism that need to be exposed. Alex McFarland sitting in. We've got Bill from West Virginia. Your calls and more, 888-589-8840. We're going to take a brief break. More with truth, God's truth, and true truth. Plus your calls and insights on today's edition of Hearing the Addisons. Don't go away. The American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Here's another of our core values. AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Thank you for standing with us, and we thank you for your support. 
in his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Sheila from Tennessee attended one of the town hall meetings hosted by Dan Celia. She left thinking about different ways to handle her finances. Dan Celia spoke a lot about tithing and being faithful to the Lord, and I definitely intend on getting in on this charitable gift annuity, which I've never done, but it sounds so exciting. Listening to him in there, it just it made me reevaluate my way of spending money, my way of doing, and it shows you that a little bit can go a long way when you place it in the master's hands. So what we need to do, and what I intend on doing, is taking the little bit and making it be worth much for the Lord. Find out if a charitable gift annuity from the AFA Foundation is right for you at 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. Or email foundation at afa.net. They could not take his joy. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and I met 12-year-old Barack when I visited Tanzania, Africa. He is an albino, and if you suffer with albinism, you lack a pigmentation in your skin, hair, and eyes. And in this part of the world where witchcraft is so prominent, witch doctors believe that someone like Barack is an evil spirit that must be destroyed. And so on the way to school one day, they cut off his left arm, took the fingers on his right hand, took his teeth, took his tongue, but they could not take his joy. Why? He is a born-again believer, and even though the father left the home many years ago, the mother Mary endeavored to raise him to know and love Jesus, and together they've learned to forgive through the hope of the gospel those that attacked him. And would you know it, a hundred people have come to Christ, two of those former witch doctors who at one time sought to harm him. Look, we're sending Bibles to Africa. Hope is needed there, and you can be a part of this at only $5 a Bible, $100 since 20. Call 800-YES-WORD. 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 Or give at sendbiblesnow.org. Welcome back to Airing the Addison's Alex McFarland here. If you recognize my voice, it's probably because you hear me on a program called Exploring the Word, 3 to 4 Eastern every day, 4 to 5, no, I'm sorry, 3 to 4 Central, 3 to 4 Central, 4 to 5 Eastern on the American Family Radio Network and all across the country. And by the way, on AFR.net, the website AFR.net, as in American Family Radio, you can forward this show, and you can listen to all sorts of archive shows from today's issues, Brian Fisher, Sandy Rios, The Hamilton Corner, Exploring the Word, Airing the Addisons. It's all there at AFR.net, and maybe you might want to forward something on and share it with somebody. And uh, I want to say uh, also my own website, which is alexmcfarland.com. Uh, I've got a lot of great speaking opportunities coming up. In fact, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 
I will be in Fayetteville, North Carolina, down where Fort Bragg is. And there's a great church, oh my goodness, Rockfish Church. They're phenomenal. And I'll be speaking Friday night on biblical worldview. I'll be speaking Saturday morning on evangelism, Saturday night on apologetics, defending the faith, and speaking in all of their services Sunday morning. So if you're in the Fayetteville area, come see us, Rockfish Church, Pastor Tony McVickers, great guy, great church, a lot of faithful AFR listeners down in that part of the country, Cumberland County. And so, hey, by the way, we're going to go back to West Virginia, speak with Bill. We're talking about the lies of socialism that must be exposed. And uh, Bill, thanks for holding. I wanted to give you time to finish your thoughts. So you're you're in college, and you've got a calculus teacher no, telling I'm people to think independently? I was in an electronic tech school. I never went to college. Okay. Now, what happened? Yeah, we we had this instructor come in to teach. There was five of us that failed that calculus for electronics course. And there's an older man, and and the first thing he said when he came in, he says, he explained to us about calculus. There's a mental block with it. Now, I appreciate that because, you know, it helped. And then he. Yeah, I think I would have been in that group that failed probably. Well, he, he put us at ease, okay? But this is, and then when the, the five weeks, I think it was four or five weeks, when we were finished, we all passed, and he said this, I want to say something else to you. I have been bosses over many people. I've worked for a lot of big companies. He said, I'm going to tell you right now, the people I want working for me are people like you, you people here that had to work for everything you got. Because let me tell you the important part of the whole thing is, is one day you'll be working, you'll be someplace, and it happens to you over and over again. And you, the whole group, if there might be five or six, is working in a team. And all of a sudden you come up against a block. Nobody. You watch the people that really come through. It will be the people that had to work their whole lives to get into it. Not the educated people that had all the right answers. Because if they had all the right answers, you would never hit that block. He mm-hmm. said, now... You people will be the people that solve those problems. And that's the same thing with these people that think socialism is the answer. The day will come. I, I hope the day doesn't come. But the day will come if, in this country, that if they get their way, they will hit a block, and then all of a sudden they won't know what to do, and they don't, won't know what the answer is, except things are really messed up. Did did you happen to hear of a book a couple of years ago called The Coddling of the American Mind? Um, It was written by a guy named Greg, I can't begin to pronounce his uh, last name, L-U-K-I-A-N-O-F-F, like Lukianoff, The Coddling of the American Mind. Now, Bill, hold that thought. But this guy, he says how good intentions are setting up a generation for failure, and he talks about the fact that we've coddled kids. So many of the kids born since 2001, since 9-11, you know, he he doesn't go into what the reasons for it were, but the outcomes, we have basically coddled, and I I love young people. I, I do. I speak to youth literally 50 weekends a year, but we've told them how great they are, told them how smart they are, told them how deserving they are, and we've coddled kids. We don't let kids uh, get hurt. Everybody, you can't ride a bike without a helmet. I mean, the the rough and tumble upbringing that so many of us had, and we realized, you know, 
can't get anything out of thin air. You, you want something, you got to work for it. Uh, you want to achieve things, you've got to strive. You've got to engage in self-denial and discipline. And uh, this particular writer, um, Lukianoff, says that we have set up millions and millions and millions of children, teens, young adults who really have a horribly twisted view of reality. And Bill, I didn't mean to uh, run over you, but you were talking about hitting a block and struggling. Struggle can be good, can't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what, that was my point there. See, you know, listen, I'm, and I, believe me, I don't want to make it sound like I'm knocking down on well-educated people. I'm not. But the fact of the matter is, you sit back and watch sometimes when you run up against something, a real rough problem, okay, whether it be an electrical field and a mechanical field or anything else, it's usually going to be the guy that you would least expect to come through with the answer on it. Because you know why? He, my father always taught me when I was young and we learned how to work on cars and things. He said, listen, if you've got an engine that's missing, don't rip the engine apart to see what's happening to it. Take the spark mm-hmm. plug out first. Take the ignition sure. wire first. Okay, take the simple things first. Troubleshoot. So many people overlook the simple things, and they go right away to the heart, and that's not the problem. I remember this. And that's what that that instructor was teaching us. And I'm 77 years old now, and I was about 20-some years old when when I had that course, that class. And I always remember that man. I always remember what he told us. And it's, it's, it's actually one thing that's become over and over and over again, more true than anything else. Like you use the examples, like you use like Donald Trump and 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 uh, Bill Gates. The two of them are very rich. The two of them are very smart. But I'll tell you what: if I'm going to be with somebody and we get ourselves in a real bad dire straits, I want Trump leading me because I think that man will figure his way out of the problem. That other oh, guy yeah. will get deeper into the problem. And you have yeah. to figure that out with these people. And, and Bill, I'm going to have to. I'm going to let another couple of callers get a chance here. But you're great. Thanks for listening. You get a big amen from me, my friend. Okay, uh, I want to go to Texas and talk to Ron. We're talking about the lies of socialism and other related issues. Ron from Texas. So, thanks for holding. Welcome hi. to. Hi, hi well, Alex. How are you? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, what part talk. of Texas are you in, Ron? I'm in the north-central Texas place called McKinney and Frisco, about 40 minutes north of Dallas. Oh, yeah. Well, right. glad to have you. In the heart you. of America. Exactly. <laughs> Pleasure. Hey, I, I'm sorry. You, you, I was going to hang up because you basically covered my points already. Uh, but uh, to answer your question, I spent a lot of time on college campuses for a number of years and still working with many young people. And I would say three things is the reason for their embracing socialism, I say uh, comfort, ignorance, and isolation. And mm. it, each one of those covers a number of different areas. They are, unfortunately, my generation, the ones before me, we raised our kids in too much comfort and spared them too much and protected them and shielded them too much. So they became ignorant of certain things necessary in life. And so any idea that comes along that sounds good, they grab hold to it. Uh, and I would, I would say it's not just college campuses. I spend a lot of time with high school kids. It starts in high school and then college so reinforces it because they have academics who they put in the company of who have the same mindset because of the same, for the same reason. They're ignorant of economics, they're ignorant of history, they're ignorant of how the world works, and therefore they start in, 
further indoctrinating kids who come who have the same same problem. And it gets kind of a cycle keeps going over and over again. Uh, and, you, you know, when, when you say isolation, um, that's not just geographical. It can be economic. I mean, like, I've known so many parents, Christian parents, because, I mean, I was a youth pastor 11 years. I speak in a lot of churches, but parents— oh, God bless you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, you know what? Um, lock-ins, uh, Nerf guns, pizza, paintball, Pepsi. I know I've been there, done that. But here's the thing. What, what's that? At the summer camp. <laughs> oh, of course. Summer camp. Yeah, and seen many kids come to Christ. But um, yeah. kids turn 16, they get a car. And oh my goodness, yeah. um, many of us of a certain age, remember back in the day, I mean, you, you didn't just get a car when you turned 16. And if you ever did, you know, get a car by 20 or 21, it was probably some, you know, rattle trap thing you had to save up money for. So many parents give kids a, a brand new car, brand new car, and you know the um, statesman of colonial America, Edmund Burke, he said, that which we obtain too easily, we esteem too lightly. That yeah. which we Amen. obtain too easily, we esteem too lightly. And I think there's this economic isolation that a lot of kids... They don't realize the the work that it takes to accumulate money to do anything. And so I say to moms and dads, you know, don't just spoil your kids and buy a car. I mean, let them work and earn it. Let them earn that bicycle. Let them earn that car. And you begin to appreciate what things cost. Yes. Amen. Amen. You know, again, and I I said that to cover that very area, but isolation, as far as economic isolation, uh, the other one is cultural and, and social isolation. Uh, kids who are grew up in those areas and those kinds of, uh, of uh, pleasures and, and, and things, materials, end up spending all their time around other kids who have the same thing. And the same thing at college. Uh, people spend, spend their time in the company of people who are the same, isolated by the same ideas and the same environment. So, yeah, I, I would agree wholeheartedly. Uh, and it's still, it's, it's still amazingly now when I, I talk to well, I've been kicked off a number of college campuses, but anyway, the ones where I do allow them, I love to speak. Uh, it amazes me how when you talk about the real-world issues concerning socialism and, and Marxism, how many students are just completely baffled by it. And when you start going into detail in historical accounts in certain places and showing them pictures and, and backgrounds, they're, they're just baffled. They have, they have oh, yeah. no clue. And they, you know, in that, my book, let, when, let me say this, um, um, Ron, and then I want to get Randall. But I've got this book out. It's called The Assault on America, How to Defend Our Nation Before It's Too Late. It's published by Harrison House Publishers. And I give God the glory, but it was number one in three categories on Amazon. If you Google it, The Assault on America, you can read about this. I document, listen, by 1900, socialism was tried and quickly abandoned 80 times in certain parts of America. You might have heard of New Harmony, Indiana, or you might have heard of Zion, Illinois. There were places that socialist communes were initiated, and listen, at best, there might have been some hurt feelings and disgruntled people. You know, I mean, William Bradford and the Pilgrims just momentarily tried a socialist model and they realize that people are going to be lazy, they're not going to work. And uh, so quickly, Bradford saved the uh, Pilgrim colonies by uh, introducing private property ownership. And if, if you want food, you've got to work and uh, 
and you know grow it yourself. Here's the thing. Socialism was tried and abandoned 80 times here in America 100 years ago. I want to go to Randall from Texas. Uh, and again, that's in my book, The Assault on America, published by Harrison House. And uh, Randall from Texas, if you're still there, welcome to Airing the Addisons. Hi. Thanks, pal. Hey, thanks for holding. Uh, w- welcome. Well, and I go back to what, you know, Paul says, our yes needs to be yes and our no needs to be no. We have mixed the word socialism up and capitalism up so much. But, I mean, you have Bernie Sanders going to Cuba and saying, we need to hear this type of socialism. And every time he says that, Denmark and uh, I can't remember what other countries over there turn around and say, you know, no, we have a democratic socialism. You know, their politicians actually have to ride the public train. They don't get special treatment. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, when we talk about socialism, I think as Christians, we need to be very, very clear what socialism we're talking about. Because like I said, from what I understand of the democratic socialism countries, it's working very well because there is no... But but it, it, it is really kind of a shared misery... Uh, I mean, it, it, the standard of living is brought down for everybody. And let me say this, what I talk about when I talk about capitalism, because people say, uh, not all, but some people who, frankly, I don't think completely understand the greatness of this country, people say, well, the rich have hoarded the money, or there there is poverty, or things like that. You don't create a just society on injustice. To confiscate people's money, to forcibly redistribute wealth, and to give things to people who haven't earned it, don't appreciate it, and then will be groomed to depend on it, um, that's unjust. And so what we had is principled capitalism. What were the principles? Morality, the Judeo-Christian worldview. So socialism is based on many flawed presuppositions, and so... We've talked about some things that are the lies exposed by socialism. Hopefully we'll get to talk about that more really soon. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Airing the Addisons on the American Family Radio Network. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.